Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Bootcast. This is series two, and today joining me from the UK is Harrison Ward, who's also known as <laughs> Phil Foodie. <laughs> I am Phil Foodie. Phil Foodie on Instagram. So, Harrison, thanks for joining us on the Bootcast, no and uh, can you tell us a bit about yourself, just to introduce who you are and a little bit about Phil Foodie? Yeah, of course, sir. Yeah, so uh, I'm based in the Lake District in England, so. Um, I'm 28. Um, I'm sort of an avid sort of lover of the fell sort of hiking side of things, and also a lover of cooking. So, hence the sort of name has come about there. So, sort of in this part of the world, we call the hills fells, um, derived from the term fjall, I think, from Scandinavia. Um, and then the foodie side, I suppose, speaks for itself. So, I've always loved the cooking element. Um, recently, like the hiking, and started merging the two um, of late, and really getting into this outdoor cooking and hiking sort of adventures. Really, brilliant. Um, so are you doing that on your own or with anyone else or is this kind of your your baby now? It's mainly a solo thing, yeah. I mean, it just sort of started off initially, I guess, just um, for me to put pictures of my dinner on something, really, to stop <laughs> my Facebook friends. and uh, <laughs> it, it started there and then um, it sort of took off a little bit. And generally it's solo trips out, but I've got a few friends now who generally always want to come along, and um, especially with the food elements. You know, there's always an endless list of people who want to join me on these hikes now to get to get fed as well, I think. So, but uh, generally just me, but uh, anyone's always welcome in the hills. Brilliant. And is your background in food and being a chef or anything? Or No, not at all really. No, I'm all completely self-taught. So it's been something sort of from quite a young age um, with my grandmother initially sort of taking in there, baking that sort of way from, from 10, 11, 12. Um, and that sort of way, I did work in hospitality for a while. I was in sort of behind the bar. I had little spells in the kitchen, but, um, was never trained that way and never sort of pursuing that sort of um, avenue as a career. So it's very much yeah. just been a based, passion-based thing. So. Cool. Um, so where whereabouts are you based now then? So I'm now in Ambleside in the Lake District in England. So not too far from where I'm actually from, actually. I'm from Carlisle originally, so on the border, border of Scotland. So I had a spell in York for a good sort of seven, eight years and then found myself coming back to Cumbria and then found myself in the Lake District. So it didn't, wasn't really planned at first. I mean, this wasn't sort of, sort of what I was into, the hiking and things, but um, yeah, sort of worked out that way, and here we are. Cool. <laughs> um, just, on, just on lakes, and I suppose on your Instagram bio, I see member of Hiking the Lakes. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Or? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's just a little collective of a few of us. Uh, some friends I've all met through Instagram, really. Um, we're all from sort of various parts of the UK. I guess I'm based in the lakes. Um, there's one chap who moved up from London, one in Birmingham, uh, and there's um, two two girls, Jess, both called Jess, um, one in Yorkshire, one in Lancashire. And we all sort of met through uh, collective groups, collective meetings in the lakes, and then took over this page, really. It's basically, it's a picture-sharing page, essentially, of pictures of the Lake District, showing, I guess, other people's captures, other people's adventures in this beautiful part of the world. So Ooh. it's just a little together yeah so it's a nice part of nice it's getting a good following now 32,000 followers yeah at the people seem quite interested yeah I think I mean again the Lake District as a whole it's, it's a busy place you know a lot of people know it. it's sort of the jewel of England as they say don't they so <laughs> yeah, yeah. during the uh, tourist season it's a uh, it's a difficult place to get around for us locals but uh, <laughs> yeah enjoying the page so long may it continue nice best to look with um the other thing on your bio then you're an, an ambassador for BioLite. What's what's BioLite? 
So BioLite is the people who make um, the camping stove I use. So I mean, all the cooking I do outdoors, um, it's not sort of base level camping. I tend to take my camping stove out into the mountains, whether it be wild camping or just on a day hike and cook what I like to think is more restaurant style meals all just on a camping stove with minimal equipment. So the BioLite is the first stove I got. I've got two stoves now. I've actually got a gas stove and the BioLite, but it's a completely um, fueled by wood or, or pellets. Mm. Burning stove also has a probe in it that charges via thermoelectric uh, charging, which charges a battery for it as well, which runs an adjustable fan. So it's almost like an adjustable real fire Jeez. in a camping stove setup. So yeah, it's a little startup in, in Brooklyn in America initially. Um, Someone recommended it to me. I, I, got, I got it from there. Shared a lot of posts on. Um, really enjoy the fact it's real fire you're cooking on. Very authentic, very sort of ancestral. And uh, they caught wind of the posts I was doing and uh, asked me to be an ambassador for the company. So Nice. Yeah, No-brainer. Cool. It, look, it looks cool. Yeah, so anyone that's watching or listening, check that out. Biolite. Okay, Harrison. So I suppose hiking and food are, are your passions. Um Tell me about the 6th of June, 2016. Okay, yeah. So the 6th of June, um, 2016 is quite a sort of a key date in my life, I guess. It's, um, it's a big date of, of where I sort of started this, this turnaround, if you like. Um, mm. Life was quite different before. Um, as I said briefly, I mentioned I wasn't really into the hiking side of things. Um, I was living in New York at the time, but um, the 6th of June... Basically, is the date that it all changed and sort of I, I found, my, found the steps happening to sort of come to this part of the world and the steps in sort of my personal life. So um, I'd always sort of been quite a, a sufferer of sort of depression and um, bordering on sort of even suicidal thoughts at one point um, throughout sort of puberty, throughout my teenage years. Um, and it wasn't until I got to sort of 18 and stuff where I started working more in the hospitality industry, as I mentioned, um, behind the bar that I um, discovered sort of a love at first for, for alcohol mm. and, uh, and those sort of avenues. So I was quite a sociable person. Um, I quite enjoyed being out. I quite enjoyed sort of talking with the punters there. Um, and I was always sort of, despite the sort of afflictions, I had always quite the extrovert anyway, quite, mm. quite talking and things, but quickly fell into this sort of um, unhealthier lifestyle, I guess. And um, that sort of escalated. So initially it began, I guess it was sort of something that maybe, the depression side of things, I was trying to sort of silence these thoughts, if you like, and alcohol sort of became that um, that vice initially that sort of cleared the mind, sedated the mind, mm. um, and a bit of an escape. So initially sort of being invited into my life due to this depression, um, thinking it was more of a saviour, it ended up becoming a bit of a poison um, as time went on. Um, I then moved to university in New York, um, and that's where things really started to snowball, really. I moved away for the first time, sort of independent living. Again, I found a job in that hospitality trade. Um, and before long, sort of alcohol was really becoming my priority. I mean, you sort of in that student scene, I guess, as well, um, which mm. is quite, I guess, everyone's quite into that sort of fresher lifestyle, I guess, being out and about all the time. It's quite the norm to be out, yeah. you know, one, two, three, seven, eight, 18 days on the trot. <laughs> But once that sort of died down for me, the studies I'd gone for, and I guess the work I was also there for, quickly fell by the wayside. Mm. Uh, and before long, I mean, I was I, I was hitting sort of units where um, I'd been sort of quite heavy drinking before I went, but 
after not touching it all at 18, this sort of um, medicinal drinking, if you like, as I called it at the time, to sort of sedate my own mind, to, to try and put positive front, was hitting the likes of 20 plus pints a day sort of thing by this point. Jesus. Yeah, I was putting some fair units down and <laughs> uh, taking up smoking at this point as well. So I'd again not touch smoking at all, not touch cigarettes at all at this time. And so I was smoking full time now, 20 to 40 a day as well, depending on how heavy those were. And then mm. sort of that heavily throughout that time. Um, and this is something that continued throughout my time in York um, for all the time I was there. So again, it was 2010, I think I moved there. Uh, again, it wasn't until this point in sort of 2016 that things started to turn around. Okay, so it's quite a long period of time living that kind of lifestyle. Yes, it was a very unhealthy time, really. Again, even sort of, I wasn't very into my fitness at all when I first went there, um, but I was certainly fitter than I was during this stage in York, because as well as the sort of consumption I was under with alcohol and the smoking side, I'd also um, was eating very unhealthily, became very lethargic, so... um, I actually put a lot of weight on as well. I mean, I'd, I'd gone to university about 15 stone. Mm. Uh, within about three years, I was now touching about 22 stone plus. Yeah. Um, so again, big figures of alcohol, unhealthy with the smoking and not doing any sort of exercise whatsoever. So, um, yeah, it was a difficult point in my, in my life, really. Um, I maintained a job throughout this. Um, the university did fall by the wayside in the end with, with yeah. the other priorities. But um, I was very much sort of what you call, I suppose, a... Um, highly functioning um, alcoholic at the time I was. I mean, I'd, I did fall into that sort of level, mm. uh, though I didn't see it for myself at the time. Um, and it was very much only a year before that sort of date where I'd actually, um, I, I'd met a girlfriend in York, uh, surprisingly, with all these these afflictions and these uh, <laughs> very <laughs> traits I had going for me at the time. But um, And that sort of began to change things, I guess. I mean, initially I, I didn't, I didn't hide the life I was leading. Um, sorry, I did hide the life I was leading. I was living sort of two lives, if you like, um, the life with alcohol and the life with her. Um, the two occasionally mixed with sort of quite sort of catastrophic sort of uh, moments, but was generally hidden hidden away. So we worked quite different hours. Mm. Um, I was in hospitality trade. I was in management by this time. So I was, uh, I guess, working... Um, night shifts and weekends where she was more nine to five based. So yeah, the didn't quite always align. So there was chance to sort of get this other life in mm. as I was doing. Um, and although there's some ultimatums along the way, it ultimately um, took sort of me becoming someone I'm not with this sort of drink really. And then and, and acting unfaithfully in the end, um, which brought that relationship to an end. Um, but it was at this point really that, as well as realizing I'd become someone I'd not and lost something that I had really loved at the time, um, that I came to terms of how deep I'd fallen and the fact that I'd become an alcoholic. Um, so this date was the 6th of June, um, 2016. And um, really, it was like a complete right turn in my life. Um, everything sort of changed. I mean, initially, mm. obviously, it's quite a big realization. I mean, my world just sort of dropped from beneath me. Um, I was sort of whisked off initially to, to my auntie's house. who lived just outside York um, for a week there. And it, was, it was almost a bit like um, a sort of a rehab stage in my life, I guess. I mean, yeah. I'd been in for six years. I was very much kidding in a sweet shop. I was working that trade. Um, coming from sort of a smaller city or even country lifestyle before, now being in a city like York, there was a lot more access to bars, to pubs, yeah, yeah, yeah. clubs going out there. Again, I was independent living, so you just do what you liked. 
And uh, I was took away again to my auntie's point there. And I'd vowed from this moment to just completely just cut this out of my life, cut this alcohol, cut this cigarettes, um, change this world. I mean, initially, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was probably to try and win, win my ex-girlfriend back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sort of stage. Um, these moments were to try and win around again, but uh, that wasn't to be. But um, I quickly sort of threw myself into into fitness during this during this time. So again, picture that sort of <laughs> over twenty two stone man smoking sort of every day. You know, I, I wasn't I wasn't the sort of person who could run down the street. You know, I couldn't run a yeah. bath. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I mean, it sort of I had to use what was to hand with me. I guess I mean at my auntie's house, she lives in the in the Yorkshire Wolds. Um, outside York and um, that first week I was there I, I threw myself sort of into it by at first finding her bicycle in the garage which was a, a lady's traditional bike with a lady frame basket on the front and the bells yeah, yeah. taking off into the wall sort of <laughs> cycling around so again look, looking dreadful I was going through all these DTs my head's all over the place um, I, you know, I'm blowing out my arse anyway because I'm so unfit and um, it must have looked quite the sight really but this sort of began the journey, I suppose, heading on. So we got that what that cycle then sort of became joined joining the gym in that first week. Um and on returning to York after that first week, I, I decided that I had to remove myself from from this this environment. Um so I told them about my work, I wasn't gonna come back. I had to leave. I, I couldn't become this new person in that environment. Um I, I left my I left my house that I was living in. Obviously, I'd already lost my girlfriend at that point. And I just left this city. I mean, I'd lived there for now for six, seven years. I mean, mm. I met a lot of people, you know, yeah, yeah. social environment as well. So you're quite a city centre pub as well. So I knew a lot of faces around there. And I just turned around the next day and I was gone. I didn't say goodbye to anyone. I just I had to leave. I thought if my life's going to change this way, I want it to change. Um, again, initially fighting back for that previous relationship. Yeah. But as time went on, realising this was more for me. Um, that I had to get out of that situation. So that was a big moment. Um, and I returned back to Cumbria, sort of to my roots. And uh, yeah, the week sort of went on from there. So I mean, again, I'd gone back to, back to this area and I joined the gym. Um, I wasn't in the lakes by this point. But one of my best friends, actually, um, Ryan, had come and landed on my doorstep sort of quite early, early in coming back. Because um, I was quite open with sort of what had happened um, mm. on the facebook at first i didn't i didn't have an instagram account or anything then or, yeah, yeah um but it was the one way i was supposed to get it out to the masses straight away of why i've left york or lots of old school friends or estranged mm. friends from my home area what had gone on why i suddenly left york you know well, overnight essentially um so ryan had caught wind of this and, and he turned up on my doorstep um sort of in the first week of being there and he'd uh he said we were going off for a walk now Again, I've, I've got I've got into the sort of the cycling a little bit again now. I've got back to the gym, but you know I'm still I'm I'm not really on this road to fitness at all. You know? So for me, he said we're going for a walk. I'd maybe presumed a walk to the woods or a walk around the local town. Sort of thing, you know? Yeah. So I was stood there. And I just gathered to hand what I had. So I had sort of a, a woolly jumper from next, if you like, a pair of swim shorts, um, just just you know white socks and a pair of trainers that I put on. So I wasn't really dressed for what was to come um anyway he took one look at me and said we're going hiking in the lakes he can't be wearing that so again i'm, I'm not I'm a bit clueless i don't know what i'm doing so we head off down the road anyway down there uh, from carlisle into the lakes and uh, he pulls off at a, 
um, a local outdoor store and says, right, we're going to get you a pair of boots. So he takes me to the boot section, grabs a pair of boots, pops them on the counter and uh, just these boots for me. So these, these are on me. Um, again, a big, big, big moment there sort of thing. It's not something, I was quite penniless at this time as well. I had to come back, just come back from Europe again. I paid yeah. the last my rent at this house and left my job. Obviously, a lot of the rest of my cash had all gone down my neck. You know, that was the consumption I was, I was, I was doing on a daily basis. I mean, it's an expensive hobby to keep. Um, so that was a real sort of uh, show, show of friendship, really, and a show of um, things to come. Um, so we stepped, left off from that, that that door store, carried on down the road, and got to the base of um, quite a big sort of fell mountain in the Lake District, uh, Blencafra, just outside Keswick. You might have heard of it. Um, one of the 214 Wainwrights in, in the Lake District. Um, quite a big one. So for me, having no background to this whatsoever, again, still very unfit, still... Um, still struggling with sort of withdrawal symptoms from, from the cigarettes, from the alcohol, yeah. my head, hearts all over the place. Um, we began plodding up this mountain. So I didn't really know what to, what to expect. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it really just sort of, well, it was a huge struggle getting up there. I mean, I, I can remember quite vividly sort of the amount of stops we were taking, the amount of water stops and stuff. And mm. I, was, I was still sort of a completely a broken man at this point when I almost getting physically dragged up this, this mountain. And, yeah. Massive change from what was only two weeks prior to yeah. maybe sort of uh, head on the bar, completely inebriated. But uh, but this began sort of a new a new sort of journey. So we'd already left this sort of very different life. Um, I'd left the city. This I'd sort of built this lifestyle up, um, this unhealthy lifestyle, and come back to an area where I'd always had this on my doorstep, the Lake District, but I'd never really embraced it. You know, I was always someone who speak highly of it in terms of it being uh, what a lovely place to be. Oh yeah, I'm from Cumbria, I've got the Lake District, but you know, the closest I came to sort of these mountains was probably a coffee shop down the road in Keswick. You know, it was, <laughs> it, it, I wasn't climbing these hills at all, but yeah. we did this first one, Blen Cafe, and when we got there, we got to the top, and I remember it, sort of, it, it was completely covered in cloud at the time, you know, couldn't see a thing. But, mm. um, but before I could even really take it in, sort of Ryan turned to me and he just said, uh, Helvellyn next. Which, which is another big hill, so another way in right just away. So Hellvella next next week, and I, I can't even really remember if I answered the question or not. But <laughs> the whole sort of next week, there we are again at the base of this other mountain. Yeah. Um, Hell is at nine hundred and fifty meters, so again fairly sizable. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this is only my second one again, so this is week two uh, back back in Cumbria, week three, sort of off yeah. off the the facts so in this new lifestyle. So. Um, Again, but it was a glorious day going up Hellvale, and it was stunning. Really, really, really. Sort of the sun was blaring, blue skies all around, and again set off for this this march up uh, up, up this mountainside, and quite a steep ascent from the side we took it from um, a side uh, from Filmia, um, which is really one of my favourite walks now. But quite um, the altitude you gain in such a short space of time, I think, is quite unrivaled in the, in this area. So it's quite it's like a staircase right to the top. Right. So again, there we go. We head again, and many stops and many struggles, and just staring at my boots all the way to the top, pretty much. And and we get to the top, reach the trig point, and the view sort of from the top just really sort of ignited something in me, sort of a new sort of spark. And you were sort of looking down at sort of the tarn below, red tarn it is. And there's two quite famous beaches on Hellvellyn as well, so Striding Edge and and Swirl Edge. And you're looking over sort of all the water and then off to the Pennines in. 
in the Far East. And just looking at that sort of moment there and climbing this mountain at the time, I mean, it really sort of be nice as like a new passion for me, a new sort of addiction, if you like. And, yeah. and it was that moment that I really started to get into this sort of hiking and this element of fitness. So, um, again, I already mentioned the gym I was doing, mm. but this hiking was, was a new thing altogether. And um, it started to become a sort of a new vice, if you like. And as the weeks went on, more and more mountains were done week in, week out. Um, and then I actually found work in, in the Lake District in the end. So um, ended up relocating here and just really letting sort of life take it, take it, take its role at the time, just take me where it was going, sort of let the journey sort of move where it, where it was. And once I found myself in the lakes, this became sort of, you know, again, a daily hobby, like the drinking had, like the smoking had. I, I was out in these fells. Yeah. A few months after sort of not being able to scale any of these before, not being able to scale sort of in the smallest hill, not being able to run a bath. We're taken to taken to running up these hills, sort of, and we're taken to go but don, don, sort of donning boots and now donning trainers and sort of the routes we were doing sort of at first. We were now having to start sort of heading up in the train sort of thing. And a complete sort of turnaround really from, from the what it was before and um, a, a real, real different life. Again, a right turn, as I mentioned. Brilliant. But, um, when, you, when you did the first... Um, First climb, before you did it or as you were doing it, did, did it kind of resonate with your own journey of, of addiction and of the journey ahead that you would have? Did it, did it kind of did it resonate? Like, you know, it yeah. was your first time doing this mountain, you're looking up saying, fuck. <laughs> you know, that kind of way. Exactly that, yeah, I'm sure that was said a few times, to be fair. But <laughs> I don't think initially it did, not, 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 not the first time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, my head was that clouded at the time. I think it was just, it was just another obstacle in the way. It was just something else to push forward again. Yeah. My focus was very different than I guess. I still wasn't sure if I was heading back to York, if I was going to rekindle this relationship, or, yeah. or what was going on. You know, even if I it was going to fall back into the sort of the, the the drinking lifestyle I was in, it was all quite new. But but certainly, as more and more clients went on, more and more hills came on. There was certainly. Um, a similarity, I guess, in the, the journey I was taking and the climb of these hills. So mm. it became, if you like, um, a physical manifestation of, of the sort of um, mental climb, the mental sort of hike I was doing in my own life. So with the with yeah. these objects, trying to reach the top or reach these different sort of pinnacle points to move on to the next level. Um, yeah, certainly, certainly it could um, it, it could appeal appeal to both scenes. Brilliant. And just just when you mentioned that, so. I know just from doing adventure races and hikes and stuff that you do come across hard points uh, physically and mentally. So how, how do you deal with the mental side of a, a struggle uh, on a hike? So that's half, half the love of it for me, I think, is, is I mean, as much as I love the views, I mean, they're not always guaranteed, of course, especially, I mean, I'm sure you're aware in Ireland as much as we are on the lake. Yeah, yeah. Get a nice view from these summits, but... um. The challenge is, is half the part for me, I think, that, that sort of getting to the top, that sense of achievement um, is always something that keeps me going. Um, now, again, I suppose in the early days, it, it was more, it was maybe a different, different sort of challenge I was, I was heading for, a different sort of change more personally. But when you're now, you're just trying to conquer these individual sort of peaks or something. Mm. Um, I don't know, the, the, the struggle sort of point, I guess, you can always bring yourself back to where you were initially. I mean, those initial struggles I was in, I mean, nothing. 
going through all those sort of afflictions at the time, um, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's still there's still elements of those that sort of yeah. still at times. I mean, obviously, I'm quite quite stable with the alcohol side of things now. I haven't smoked since um, you know we're now over three and a half years from that point now. So it's well quite done. quite That's good. quite a time. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, it's it's um, yeah. So not not a drop since then. Not a, not a smoke and and. But remembering those times, I guess, and what I was in, so having all those afflictions at the time, those first sort of initial climbs, of battling all that at the same time, you know, it puts into perspective, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The struggles into perspective. So, um, again, it's just putting that one foot in front of the other, I guess, keep moving forward. Yeah. Uh, keep heading towards that summit point. And I don't know, or an element of trust as well sometimes when you trust in yourself or trust in sort of, I don't know, the... <laughs> Almost the, de- the de- destiny of it, if you like, so the head, the head into that summit, you know. That they, that's that's good. That's a that's a thing. A lot of people don't believe in themselves or trust that they can do stuff, and that puts them off even beginning, you know. So completely, when you're, when you're on the mountain and you have to trust in yourself, that's that's a strong strong trait to have, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think again, sort of in terms of just knowing how how soon things can change or how how different life can be before, you know how these would have been some of these smaller, smaller fells now, what I consider would have been, were, were my mountains, were my Everest at the time, you know, heading yeah, sort of yeah. chilly. But it all comes into perspective, I guess, as you get fitter that sort of way or get more experience in these mountains and it becomes bigger and bigger challenges. And mm. remembering the struggles you had on those, maybe the smaller peaks or the smaller distances you were doing perhaps, or it, it builds that fitness over time. So again, it's not forgetting where you've come from, I guess, is, is how to get by those struggles, both, uh, physically in a climb and mentally brilliant um what's been the the, the the toughest physical challenge then to date toughest physical challenge i would say would be um running a marathon is what i did actually so from from those stages again as i said um not been able to run a bath you know never <laughs> ran life i'd only ever ran sort of after a ball if you like whether you know football rugby hockey sort of thing, yeah, yeah. um as a kid so again, from that sixth of June day, not 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 sort of ran at all at that point. And after sort of a month again, I got forced into it by a friend initially. For well, after you're doing this sort of uh, the hiking aside, you fancy coming out for a run, and I was like, well, I'm not I'm not sure about that. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm never I'm never going to have an interest in that. You've got to have a different sort of mindset. And, um, but it really took to that. And again, I think it was the first the first one I did was maybe just two kilometers around this tarn and. You know, I think I'd stopped about four or five times going around there, really struggled with that. And the week sort of went on, we kept pushing those on. And then we're sort of reaching moments like the, the 5Ks and then sort of three months down the yeah. line or 10K distances. And, and again, this was all of that heavy weight as well at the time. So over that 22 stone plus, which throughout this time now, obviously I've lost that weight as well for this fitness journey as well and through this healthier lifestyle. So we're back down to more sort of the, the sort of 16, 16 level now. So it was, it was almost like a seven stone loss at its highest it was. I've got off a bit since. <laughs> hopefully, that's, uh, hopefully that's more some muscle at the gym. Muscle, but, muscle mass. <laughs> yeah, exactly, perhaps so. But yeah, but um, from that 6th of June though, it, it sort of went on to about November, the same friend Ryan had taken me in his mountains that, um, suggested doing a marathon. And, and at first, I, I don't think I gave him a straight answer eventually. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't keen on the idea. I mean, we got to sort of 15 mile distances maybe then but 26 still seemed a, a long way off 15 yeah. miles you say but um, anyway a couple of weeks later we were convinced we were signed up and um 
when it came to the date, which was in May, so only 11 months after this, this turnaround date, yeah. was the start of this, this, uh, of this race for this marathon. Um, so 126 miles, which, which if you'd have told me that 12 months prior, would yeah. just, I'd have laughed you, I'd have laughed you out of the pub. I would have, it's completely, completely different. It's amazing um, when you do have that turning point, isn't yeah, it? Like, exactly. But I mean, that really felt like the, the really real redemption moment as well, sort of finishing that mm. marathon, that, that complete sort of polar opposite to the world I was living before. Um, now, don't get me wrong, I've not signed up for any since, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but that was certainly, yeah, um, one that will live long in the memory, I think. So, brilliant. Well done. The marathon, yeah. Um, it's two quotes I, I just want to bring up here. I saw on your Instagram today. I already know what giving up feels like. I want to find out what happens if I don't. Well, there you go. Yeah, exactly. As I mentioned, I think when you mentioned the struggle on those mountains, I mean, I've already had that rock bottom stage in my life, you know, yeah. I mean, heading back before that sort of 6th of June stage, you know, there was moments prior to that sort of moments, um, a few years prior where, um, this sort of secret life I was living, I guess, this sort of this sort of what I call um, fueled world I found myself in. Um, again, that sort of sedation for the sort of my mindset at the time, you know, silencing these sort of mm-hmm. self-loving thoughts and this sort of insecurities. And um, they really came to a head at one point. I mean, really sort of hitting rock bottom completely. So sort of after after sort of my 21st birthday, sort of um, had a few friends around in New York sort of thing. And, and uh, when sort of, I was quite alone in this city at the time. I just just alone with sort of my own my own sort of mental mental sort of facets, really completely. And uh, once they sort of left the city, um, it quickly sort of dawned on me sort of where where I was again and the, the life I was in. And mm. uh, I, I I didn't really want to be here anymore. You know, I, I wanted to sort of just end, end and sort of jump jump off this world completely, just sort of leave and get out. And to hit to sort of moments like that. Um, which again was was another sort of four years before having that actual turning point. Um, I've had those rock bottom moments, you know what I mean. So it's mm. it, it, so again, when you come to those struggles, it's remembering where you've come from and yeah. knowing what it took to get past those. So perhaps these smaller moments or smaller obstacles or smaller blocks in life um, can be put in perspective when you look at how far mm. maybe you've, what you've already overcome. Um, so I think that's what that's why that quote sort of resonates yeah, with me. Yeah, it's a good quote. Brilliant. Um, the second one then before we kind of wrap it up the best apology is changed behavior is that one of your own or no again it's one of one i found um in those sort of early stages of sort of the sobriety journey and, and the turnaround i mean a lot of these quotes i sort of had and i was watching again i was watching sort of a youtube documentaries of people who got mm. sober and just looking for advice anywhere you could really or, or yeah. moments of inspiration myself and um that was one Again, I suppose really hit hard at the time due to the reasons in why um, the big switch in my life had come about. Obviously, again, probably for a good sort of three to six months after that sort of stage, maybe even longer, I was still sort of pining for that that form of love, if you like, and mm-hmm. to prove that this this change, this change in behaviour, this change in lifestyle mm-hmm. was a bigger show of an apology than, than the words could be. You know, I mean, you can say yeah. sorry a thousand times, but physically yeah. show of changing was was proper change well exactly what was really was was a much, much harder thing to achieve so um i mean it, it didn't end up didn't end up that way and as time went on um obviously i came to realize myself that this wasn't obviously 
for getting somebody else back up for finding that old life again where I was. It it was for me personally, for me moving yeah. forward. Yeah. So, but I still think that sort of change behaviour um, going on and going forward again, friends with family that stuck by through those moments, um, even sort of my ex. If she, looking back, if I ever saw any of these moments, then that's that continued apology. I think living this new life now, the fact that yeah. there was a lot of pain at the time, um, there was maybe some deceit, there was um, moments where I'd let a lot of people down, but hopefully the show now, this complete change, this new life I'm on, this was all an investment to get to where I am now. So yeah. that'll probably be my life I'm living now because it's hopefully uh, warranted and accepted. Brilliant. Harrison, it's been, it's been brilliant chatting to you and, uh, Certainly an inspiration for anybody who's maybe going through mental struggles or who's getting into the outdoors and hiking or making any kind of a life change. So uh, keep it up. Keep up the good work. And um, if anyone wants to follow your journey then on Instagram, how can they reach out and get in touch, show their support? Yeah, so I'm, so I'm on there. Sort of Again, we mentioned the cooking side of things before and the hiking, the wild camping. So I'm covering all that on there as well. And, and I do sort of share the, sort of the mental health and sobriety journey on top of that. So um, you can find it all on my Instagram channel there, at FellFoodie. Again, Facebook, um, YouTube, all things like that. But but yeah, thanks very much for having me on, Eugene. It's been, it's been a pleasure to share the story. No problem. Thanks a million, Harrison Ward. Best of luck and hopefully you meet you someday. Thank you, sir. And you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.